In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast. This is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions. You can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself. The storm will pass. Welcome back to Reignite Resilience. I am your co-host, Natalie Davis, and joined by the fabulous Pam Cass, and we are so excited to be back. And today, y'all, we are talking about overwhelm, and how fun is that, Pam? (laughs) Well... Exactly. Not so fun. Not so fun. Um, Not so fun at all. Not so fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, here's the thing. We have the opportunity to explore so many areas of adversity in our lives and in the lives of people that we connect with and talk to. And Pam and I were visiting and the topic of overwhelm came up, not just because we thought it was a great idea, but because we may or may not have been experiencing it at the moment. So Pam, why don't you talk to us a little bit about us coming to the topic of overwhelm and let's dive in and help our listeners in terms of overwhelm and how they can really equip themselves to be successful and resilient in working through that. Yeah, I love it. Well, it's kind of a funny story. I was having one of those weeks that felt like my life was a country western song. You know, the kids are got the flu, jobs a hassle, my husband left me. You know, your typical country western song. And oh, and um, the dog was sick. Don't forget the dog. The, well, no, I haven't gotten there yet. So, because none of that stuff happened, that's like just the song. That's like my <laughs> western song version. So it was on a Thursday night. You and I were going to be interviewing Larry Kendall the next morning. Super excited about it. You sent me a text message, and I. And I was so overwhelmed. I just needed to go to bed. And I just responded, yes. Well, the next morning I get up at four, I just happened to look at my phone and you text me. So what's the other topic we're going to cover today? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I was like, okay, well, why not talk about overwhelm? Because in that week I had had my garage fridge go out and I had to throw all this food away and try to find a place to put the food that was still frozen. And my air conditioning went out and it was in the high nineties that week and then found out my dog was sick. And so I was feeling so overwhelmed that I was like, you know what? We need to talk about this. We need to talk about what causes us to feel overwhelmed? What is our body's reaction to overwhelm? How do we know when we're feeling overwhelmed? Like what are some of the signs that we can recognize in ourselves, but also that we can recognize in other people that might cue us into them feeling overwhelmed? And then hopefully give some tools and things that we can share with people that can help them get through times when they're feeling overwhelmed. Because I think about our world today and I feel like we are feeling overwhelmed in our jobs, in with politics, with the news, with anger, with grief, with loneliness, with relationships, with conflict. There are so many things that we're feeling overwhelmed with right now that I think this is probably a topic that probably touches everyone on some level. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And here's the thing, when you're looking at overwhelm, it can appear in seasons or in chapters of life, right? Like there are so many things that can put you in this place of having that sense of overwhelm. And it may just be a day. Like for you, it happened to be a Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. It was like, my goodness, what else is possible? And not in the positive way. Um, Also for any country music songwriters out there, deep freezer going out, dog getting sick, and AC going out. There's your topic for the next song. There's your topic for the next song. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah. so Pam, I think that that's a big piece. When we look at overwhelm, and 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 as I mentioned, like it can happen as a season. It can happen as just a day, right? There may yeah. be days where we have overbooked ourselves and we have that sense of overwhelm. And yes. we make it through the day and it's like we cross the finish line and we say, gosh, we made it. Thank goodness yes. I can enjoy the next day or plan the next thing. But mm-hmm. what are some of the feelings that people typically get when they're experiencing overwhelm? What does that feel like? Like physiologically, emotionally, what does that feel like? Well, that feeling of overwhelm is actually a very normal response to stressors that happen. And stress can actually be beneficial. It can be helpful in certain situations because it does help us get through things. But if it's constant, if we're constantly feeling overwhelmed about things that are going on, which is what I kind of felt that week, it just felt like this happened and then this happened and then this. And I was like, Oh my gosh, if one more thing happens, like it's, I'm just going to break. And so when it's a constant thing, that's when it can really impact us physically. So there are some signs that we can, we can look for in identifying in ourselves when we're feeling overwhelmed, but also when other people are feeling overwhelmed. And so one of those is those irrational thoughts that we get about things like, oh my gosh, everything is happening to me. And we get those places where it's just completely irrational. It's like, this is not the universe talking. This is not, you did this. So this happened. So we can sometimes just be completely irrational about those thoughts that we're coming up with. And that usually puts you on that downward spiral. Um, and if you've never experienced that roller coaster ride and it's a downward spiral, right? And, and it's the blanket statements that we start to make to ourselves. It's like, gosh, why is this happening to me? What else is going to happen? Yep. We talk a lot about mindset and, and I think about, you know, the three things that happened to you on Thursday, Pam, and, or a few Thursdays ago. And when something big, that it was not planned usually yeah. pops up in my day. Deep freezer going out, AC yeah. goes out, water heater goes out, you name it. I, from a very young age, if it's an old wives tale or not, I always was told, taught, and I have committed that to my own personal belief that I'm working through now, is that things typically happen in threes, right? Oh my gosh, and I was going to say that. It, I was does, like, it happens in threes. <laughs> okay, well, two things have happened. Now what's going to happen? What else is going to happen? Well, you know what yeah. you just did in that moment, right? The two things yeah. have happened and you ask, well, what else is going to happen? Well, the universe yeah. is like, okay, you want more? Let me give you yeah. more. Yeah, you Let's obviously can you take it. So I'm going to give you something else. Here you have it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then we put ourselves in that downward spiral, right? Because we've just found a way to confirm this negative belief that we had that two more things are going to happen or three things will happen. And then I've got to figure out how to overcome them all. And then you get into the spiral of this happens every August or every summer I get fill in the blank, whatever that may look like. Yes. And you don't even realize that these blanket negative statements that you are speaking over yourself actually has an impact on just how much more is going to get sent your way. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes to our our creative non-conscious, which seeks out to create sanity in our lives. So if I'm telling myself, okay, things happen in three, what's next going to happen? Your brain will seek out that next thing that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we have to be so careful about what that rhetoric is and what that dialogue is. And it's so funny you said things happen in three. I say that all the time. And I don't know where did that come from in our childhood? But I hear everyone say that. It's not just It does. But why can't we use the same rule of thumb for positive things? Absolutely. And that's why a few years ago, someone, actually one of my 
coaching clients, so I want to make sure that I give credit to that. One of my coaching clients just had a phenomenal month. And what drove her through that month was that she continued to say to herself, what else is possible? In a positive respect. And it was opportunity after opportunity that kept popping up Mm -hmm. for her because she said, what else is possible? I have started using that because if things truly do happen in threes, that means positive things can also happen in threes. So yes. when it's a, you know, a great meeting or you've just secured a great contract or a new client or you just had a big win at work or in a relationship, what else is possible? What other two things can you send my way, universe? We don't put ourselves in that spot. It's only when the negative things start to happen and we automatically put ourselves on that roller coaster downward spiral, um, oh, which that. is not fun. Okay, I wrote that down. So what else is possible? I feel like that's something that we should all write down and stick on a sticky note somewhere that we can see it. So I love that. That's awesome. Something else that is a sign that we're feeling overwhelmed is a feeling of being paralyzed. Mm -hmm. When we feel like so much stuff is happening that we just literally get this paralysis and we can't do anything because we're just so overwhelmed. We have no idea how to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that is a, a really key indicator. If you find yourself in that space where you're like, like me that night, I felt so overwhelmed. I got your text message. All I did was say yes, because I couldn't even have a conversation. And I went to bed. Like I was, I had to be like, no, I'm just going to bed. So I just completely froze. And then I wake up the next morning, I see another email. I'm like, oh my God, it's all back. So <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> yes. it's all back. So yeah, so that idea of that paralysis when we just freeze. And if you see someone else, same thing. You see somebody else getting in a space where they're feeling overwhelmed and they just stop doing everything. That's definitely a sign of someone being overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that paralysis piece because I found myself in that exact space this morning after doing my morning routine. And it was a challenge for me to do my morning routine today because I was just going through my to-do list of things that I needed to get done. I'm in the process of, nope, I'm not in the process of it. I actually have sold my home. So I'm technically in transition (laughs) and my house is filled with a ton of empty boxes. I need to fill the boxes. (laughs) And in my mind, it's what room do I start with? What am I packing? What am I donating? What do I need to sell? And so I I start going down. Like when you talk about the paralysis piece, I like, and then preparing to actually record this episode, there was a moment that I just sat down and I said, you have serious imposter syndrome. You're about to talk to everyone about overwhelm and you yourself in this moment are feeling overwhelmed. And so we'll share a little bit of, uh, you know, resources and tools that you can yes. do in terms of how to go through that. But this is not from theory. These are things that we lived it's through. Real life. So Pam, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, feeling that sense of overwhelm, I myself yeah. this morning uh, <laughs> found myself in that space and, you know, really had to figure out how I was going to navigate through it. But that paralysis, it is no joke. I just sat there and I thought, okay, where do I begin? Yeah. What do I do? And how am I going to yeah. get through this? Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely talk about some tools, things that you and I have coached people through when they're feeling like that. Yes. But I mean, we're walking the talk here. I, you know, yes. that whole adage, your own dog food, like we only are going to talk about stuff on this podcast that we have some tie to, or we know, or we've lived yes. through, or we're living it right now, because who better to talk about it than people that are actually going through it and trying to get through it on the other yeah. side. So yeah. absolutely. Another um, quote that I'm not a big fan of, why are we eating dog food? Can it not just be cake? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I got to eat my own ice cream. How about eat that? Eat your own ice cream. <laughs> it's the dog food. It's the elephant. Why are we eating these things that we don't yeah, want? Why are we eating dog food and <laughs> elephants? Like, that doesn't make sense. I love it. Another sign is overreaction. Yes. You know, when we overreact to these tiny little things that tend to happen, and we've seen this in children, mm-hmm. when they overreact about something, and you're like, wait, or other people, when they they seem to be overreacting about something that's very small, chances are it's because this is not the one thing, this is the third thing. Exactly. Or this is like the 15th thing that's happened that has yeah. made them feel overwhelmed. And so when people react like that, or we find ourselves reacting, overreacting about something very small, it could be because we're feeling very overwhelmed about a magnitude of different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've felt that before. Well, I'm not a big overreactor for the most part, just because I get stuck at the paralysis stage. So I just shut down and I'm there. But the overreaction piece is not typically, well, and who am I to say? Maybe I should ask the people that are closest to me in my life if I overreact <laughs> at times. They might be a better person to answer that. <laughs> I think I'm going to ask my kids that question. I don't know that I want to hear the response to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When people withdraw, I think that's another one. When people are feeling overwhelmed, they will withdraw. I have had coaching clients that will cancel an appointment or reschedule an appointment because they need to completely withdraw because they're just, they just can't handle that one more thing. And I don't know if you've seen that. I know that sometimes I will do that. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, it's like, I'm going to go watch Netflix for eight hours because I just need to completely detach from what's happening and withdraw and just allow myself to just have nothing happening right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big one that you'll, you'll see with people feeling that are feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think that you see a lot of the withdrawal in terms of withdrawing from like personal interaction, right? So not wanting to connect with or having that sense of community, withdrawing from the actual activity itself, right? So whatever it is at the task at hand, just simply withdrawing and just putting it on the the, the table and and thinking, I'll just come back to that later. I, I can't deal with that right now. Or just withdrawing from the normal things. Like you mentioned with our coaching clients, being able to connect, you know, with someone that is going to hold you accountable is probably at the bottom of your list (laughs) when you're feeling overwhelmed, right? Like I've got so much going on. The last thing I need to do is hop on a call with Pam and tell her what I'm not doing because I've got a ton going on. (laughs) Yeah. And we get it. It's a natural reaction. It's a natural response. Yeah. And I know I will get into that space where I feel so overwhelmed. And then I'll look at my calendar and I've got a girl's night planned for that evening. And I'm like, that is the last thing I want to do. I I don't want to go. And I think of 10,000 different creative excuses I can come up with, with why I can't go. But then I force myself. I'm like, all right, put your big girl pants on, like just go. And I go and I have, it makes me feel better. And so it's always made me feel better. So that withdrawal, not always the best thing, but it's definitely something that we all kind of tend to do when we're feeling that sense of overwhelm, for sure. Agreed. Absolutely. Pessimism or negativity. (laughs) Now, this goes along with the what else is going to happen? And okay, three bad things are going to happen. That that negative dialogue that we have. So if we find ourselves being negative all the time, like I've got, I'm super overwhelmed. I've got all these appointments. I'm going to, I got to jump in my car and get to here. And of course I get every red light. Of course, Mm -hmm. of course. 
Or I get in my car and say, I'm probably going to get every red light. The traffic's probably going to be terrible. I'm probably not going to show up on time. We just get into that spiral of negativity. Yes. And I think that's, that's a huge one to be very careful with those verbal affirmations that we're saying throughout our day. Because exactly. it almost happens. Absolutely. I, it's happen. I think when we're looking at that downward spiral, negativity is probably the cart that you're in. That's what is actually yeah. you're riding on. So just know yeah. that that spiral... Yeah. You have to be so intentional in pulling yourself out of that. But yeah, the negativity is what sparks it. And then the entire cycle starts again, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed already, and then you get into that negative chatter, that self-chatter with yourself, that dialogue, it just makes matters even worse because you you continue to feel or confirm the -hmm. fact that you're overwhelmed and there's really limitation on what, you know, a successful turnaround would look like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it, and it kind of goes along with, you know, those quick mood changes that will happen. I know my, my kids will see that with me. If we're traveling and something happens and then something else happens, I will get very overwhelmed and I will snap at my kids. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. <laughs> I have to be very cognizant of that. And I think that's something when we're dealing with other people and somebody snaps at the person behind the counter or snaps at somebody next to them, just putting yourself in that space of, okay, there's got to be more to why this person is reacting that way. They probably have some stuff going on, showing a little bit of that empathy, but being aware of that in ourselves and how we react. And hopefully we'll give you some tools today that you can, and again, I'm, I'm like a work in progress. Like I have to cognizance and, and still things will happen and I will snap at my kids. I'm like, okay, hold on. And I'm like, all right, guys, I'm sorry. That was, that wasn't okay. It was a hundred percent me and how I'm feeling about everything that's going on right now. And so, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. 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 I love it. So physical symptoms, you can actually have some physical symptoms when you're feeling overwhelmed. Some of them might be a rapid heartbeat. You know, if you've ever been in a space where you get, you just can feel almost like your pulse rising. Difficulty breathing, you know, that's that whole idea of when you hyperventilate because you feel overwhelmed about what's going on. You can get headaches, tiredness. I mean, I know that if I feel overwhelmed, sometimes I'm like, God, I just need, I just want to take a nap. So those are some physical things that we can see when we're feeling overwhelmed. And again, things that we can recognize in other people that when they're feeling this way, it could be because of everything that they've got going on right now. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting when you think about the body, I feel like it's such a magical thing for us. Like it's a magical indicator for all of us. When I'm feeling that sense of overwhelm, guaranteed, naturally, I carry a lot of my stress in my shoulders anyway. Um, So a lot of that is in my upper back. But if I am feeling a sense of overwhelm, I will have a muscle spasm on the left side of my mid back. I remember, oh gosh, maybe eight, 10 years ago, I had the same muscle spasm that popped up in my back and it lingered for weeks. I mean, to the point that it was difficult for me to drive. I couldn't turn my head when having a conversation with people. And I realized, like, I had to to stop and and really get myself out of a situation and and into nature to address it. And we can talk about that too. But really, my body, I just know. And when I feel that spasm in my back, which just side note, it happened this week. When I feel that spasm in my back, it's that 
me understanding, okay, I may be doing too much. I may be saying yes to too many things. I may have too much on my plate and I need to take some things off of my plate. And it's okay to take some things off of your plate. What you want to make sure that you don't do is just avoid it and let things fall (laughs) off of your plate and you not realize they've fallen off, right? So that's that's a big piece. But my body, my physically, my body will give me an alert to say, hey, you need to check yourself. And I do. It's that gut check with myself. Yeah. It's so interesting. You said you will avoid things, which kind of goes along with procrastination. It's kind of that same thing, avoidance or procrastination. And I was listening to a a podcast and it was a doctor talking about procrastination and how it robs us of our best life. Mm -hmm. And it totally does because think about those things that are overwhelming. For instance, your move, all of those empty boxes, that's super overwhelming. Well, just because you walked away from it and you're avoiding it doesn't mean that it's not up here in your head. It doesn't mean that it's not causing that stress response, which is causing that pain in your back. And so when she said it's robbing us of our best life, I'm like, what? But she's so right. Because as long as it's still up in our head and we're thinking about it and not dealing with it, it's going to impact us, our sleep, mm-hmm. our mental state, our our physical state. So yeah, so that's so interesting that you said that comment. Yeah. I love that. We hope that you have found part one of this two-part series on overwhelm to be valuable. We have learned that overwhelm can make its appearance in our lives and show up in ways that we probably don't recognize from time to time. If it's physical, if it's physiological, if it's emotional, Make sure that you join us for part two of this series where we're going to look at some of the causes of overwhelm and then give you some tools and resources that you can use if you find yourself in a season of overwhelm. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts.